Gospel Time coming to you from the Church of God, located at 4601 South Drexel Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, where the pastor's elder Ricky Dukes. for today. It's Your Time by the YPC Sisters, and It's Different Now, directed by Brother Joe Gordon. Come 
much deeper than that. A father is a necessary component in our lives. A father is a man that steps up to the plate and takes care of his responsibilities. A father is a protector, a provider, a man who is willing to work hard for his family to make sure that their needs are met. So today, we are here to celebrate all of you men, all of you awesome and dedicated men. We recognize, we appreciate, we celebrate you. Right now, at this very moment, we love you, we thank God for you. Right now, it's your time.
Pastor Elder Ricky Dukes. Thank God it is different. I'm not the same person I used to be. I don't go to the same places I used to go. I don't walk the same way I used to walk. I don't talk the same way I used to talk. I don't even think the same way I used to think. It's different. Why? Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's different now. God took that limp out of my walk. I don't walk like this no more. I don't try to hit on the ladies no more. It's different now. Yes. Yes. See, see, the thing about this salvation, I'm telling you. You, you, you come in with your pants hanging down here. But I'm going to tell you, once you get a good dose of salvation, it'll, 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 it'll change things. Different now. Different. All right, all right. Oh, yeah, I'm inspired. I'm inspired today. First of all, I want to say happy Father's Day to the fathers. All right, now, come on, you all. This is what I'm talking about. They sang the song, It's Your Time. If, if, if nobody should be on their feet, the men, the fathers should be on their feet. It's your time. I think I said it last week. We, we want to put Father's Day back on the board. We want to put it back on the calendar. Well, we have Mother's Day, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, this place is packed, full. You know, and the, and the mothers and the daughters and the aunts and the niece, I mean, they just. And, and the men, we're just sitting there, amen. But it's, it's our time. It's our time. They picked a day out to recognize us. Because, you know, I tell people sometimes, being a father, and I mean a good father, it's a thankless job. But, but for your faithfulness, it's your time. And, and, and doing burdens that you, you don't express to your wife and your children. But for your faithfulness, it's your time. Amen. Amen. Glory, glory. Oh my God, you've encouraged everyone else. But 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 this time, this time, it's for you. It's for you. Oh, don't get me started here, all right? Don't 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 get me started. I often talk about that, that old uh, temptation song. Mm. 
saying uh, Papa was a rolling stone. I don't want to hear nothing like that no more. Wherever he left his hat was his home, and when he died, all he left us was alone. Don't you bring that stuff up here no more. All daddies ain't like that. All fathers like that. They're not like that. Amen. 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 All of us don't leave our children behind. Amen. And have we made some mistakes? Sure, we've made some mistakes. Sure. But, but listen, mothers have too. Being a parent, you make mistakes. Oh, yes. All right. Okay. I'm not the speaker on, on this afternoon. Thank God for gospel time. This is gospel time coming to you over the station WYLL. Hope for your life. Amen. Uh, at this time, uh, uh, we're going to introduce the speaker for our Father's Day. Amen. Uh, 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 an elder here in the congregation. Uh, I, I love Brother Jeff. Um, and I, I felt like the Lord would want to use him on this afternoon. So uh, we're going to uh, uh, look to the Lord that the Lord's anointing would be upon this brother. Amen. As he preaches the word of God. Let's bow our heads. Our Father and our God, we thank you, dear God, for your mercy, Lord God. My God, Lord, uh, we thank you, Lord God, that, Father, you do look upon, Lord God, of those that have been faithful, that have stood the test. And my God, Lord, you tell us, Lord, it's your time, dear God. And Father God, Lord, we appreciate that. And uh, this afternoon, we pray that the anointing of God would be upon Brother Jeff, dear God. Use this brother, dear God, as he speaks to this audience, as he speaks into Radio Land, dear God. Might the Spirit of God's voice, uh, my God, Lord, uh, 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 re-echoes, dear God, Lord, in the hearts of men uh, and women, dear God. Uh, Father God, Lord, that each and every one of us, Lord, uh, must stand before the Almighty God. Bless and have your way on this afternoon. And Father, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let us hold our brother up before the Lord, that the Lord would use him on this afternoon. Let's receive Brother Jeff with a hearty amen. amen. All right, all right. There you go, brother. It's your time, brother. <laughs> wow. Happy Father's Day to the great men represented here, over the airwaves, in our presence. Most of all, we're thankful to God being the God of all children, fathers, and those who are fatherless. I come before you this afternoon feeling so unworthy to even think about presenting anything on this day. Because I had my preference, I would have preferred, of course, to hear from my great pastor. And being asked to preach today, 
was no light thing to take. As I'm getting older, and no, I'm not old, but as I'm getting older, <laughs> I'm becoming more and more reflective of what God has done for me. You see, almost 30 years ago, God saved this poor, wretched young man from the south side of Chicago, living a life that was not pleasing to God, full of sin, chasing the women and being a player player out there, amen, calling myself being cool with my little ponytail and driving around, amen, drinking my 40 ounces and Brother Lamone, uh, the Red Bulls with uh, and the 40 ounces hanging out uh, every now and then, taking a, a hit from a joint. Being, trying to be cool and trying to fit in. But Almighty God, being the God who's concerned about us and our souls, God dealt with me because, see, you need to know part of my background. I came up as a saint's child. And it's an old adage that my mom used to share with us when she had devotion with us. In the book of Ephesians, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And as she would read that scripture, she would hit a high note and say, for this is right. <laughs> that passage of scripture has been a stalwart, has been a, 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 a foundation of my experience down through the years. Because you see, when I was out there doing my dirt and out there chasing the women and uh, calling myself chasing back in the day in our time, uh, the women were called fillies. And there was this place out uh, up north called Coconuts, which was, uh, amen, uh, some of you all remember that place. Oh, I got some witnesses. I don't have to say, let the church say amen on that one. I got some witnesses. Out there doing my thing in Coconuts uh, on that dance floor with the strobe light. Uh, Almighty God one time met me on that dance floor. I'm out there doing my little jig and getting my thing on uh, and that strobe light going on. Uh, amen with the house music going on. I'm telling you my part of my generation I'm from now. House head. Almighty God spoke to me and brought that scripture. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. You weren't raised that way. What are you doing out here? Why are you trying to live such a life that's contrary to the teaching that you've been brought under? Almighty God met me at that dance floor. He sent conviction my way. It was not that much longer as time went on. My senior year of college, God saved me from a miserable life of sin. He did not stop there because coming into salvation, I brought issues as a man. I brought weaknesses with me. Saved and sanctified. Coming as a, uh, what some people call a kingdom man. A man saved from his sins, but I had issues. Yes, I know the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. But I had issues I had to deal with. But the good thing about being a godly man and being saved, God can work on you. God can instill values in you that no one else can. God is a, a man, the one that can take you uh, and make you uh, take you on a journey from a boy to a man. And I'm sorry to say uh, too many of our men have stayed in the a man uh, realm of a boy for too long. Let me say disclaimer. Let me say the disclaimer before I get into my message. 
it's almost like what Charles Dickens said, I got the tale of two cities here. It's the best of times and worst of times. We got a female audience which, when we, uh, 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 as a whole in general, this is what I've noticed the trend to be, Pastor. When we touch on things which hit on men and their weaknesses, there is a certain sector of the audience that has a double X chromosome This disclaimer, I'm a scientist, I'm a scientist, so bear with me. There's a, there's a certain sector of the audience, I dare to say from the choir all the way to back, that the trend has been, and I'm not saying that's going to happen today, that when we hit on things, amen, that touch on men's weaknesses and what they're not doing, brother, those so, soprano voices get quite loud. Brother, we get a, a certain ringing in which they're saying, uh, preach it, yes! And that's fine. To the ladies and distinct ladies and beautiful women, uh, those who uh, we cherish, who are in the audience, uh, I want you to do a favor for me today as we preach and we uh, touch on things, uh, amen, that in principles uh, is really geared towards the men, but they can touch on you too. Here, here's the secret. Act like the men aren't here. I, I want you to consider this. I, I, listen to this. I want you, I'm going to coin a phrase from my beloved pastor. I want you to put those men in their place. L let me get it down, real down now, if I can, so you all can really see what. Girl. And now y'all talk to one another sometimes. Girl, I want you to put that man in his place. You all, you all want to do that with me? Now I know where I already know where some of you all I already know where some of you all's minds going. <laughs> I'm here to encourage and support. Uplift and herald applause our good men. They're the bearer of burdens. One thing we need to know and understand once we deal with this issue of manhood. As we approach this Father's Day, men are initiators. We possess the seed of life in us. We're the generators. We're givers. And we should not be always takers. We're the ones that God looks to make the ultimate sacrifice for our families. And as I preach, I'm here to provoke our men to love and good works. Those who are saved, I want to work with God to inspire and light an inner fire in you that you can continue on the path of godliness you continue to be effective bearer of burdens to arouse you your minds and your experiences to meet the spiritual warfare that we're facing and if you're not saved it's my burden if I don't say anything else that piques your interest that you give your life to God today God is the God of all fathers who's concerned about where you are as a man, and he wants to meet the needs in your life. And I know in our culture we're dealing with so many different pressures, and we're living in a very pivotal time where we're dealing with baby mama drama and all this foolishness. But just while you're here, while you're isolated from those problems and those thoughts, those pressures, those ideals, those things that, amen, that people want to stereotype you as, as a no good, downtrodden, lazy, I want you to... Remove those from your mind for a moment and look at it how God sees you as a man.
In the book of Genesis, the 17th chapter, we'll take our thought from here. Genesis 17, beginning at verse number one down to verse number seven. And when Abram was 90 years old. And when Abram and was 90 years old. And nine. And nine. The Lord appeared to Abram. Yes. And said unto him. Come on. I am the almighty God. Yes. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Yes. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. Come on. I will multiply thee exceedingly. Yes. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. Yes, and my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any Neither be shall thy name any be called Abram. But thy name shall be Abraham. But thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations. A father have of I many made nations thee. have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly I will make fruitful. thee exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of thee. Yes. And kings shall come out of thee. Come on. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee. Yes. And thy seed after thee in their generations. Yes. For an everlasting covenant to be a God unto me and thy seed after thee. Thank you so much there. As we thank God for the reading of his word. We look here and we're dealing with a father named Abraham. A man who was 90 years and nine old, 99 years old, and the Lord, in his relationship with this God, appeared to him, and he introduced him as, I'm the almighty God. Abraham, or Abram at the time, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And you script down there because of what God had done for him. Uh, in verse number five, he called him no longer Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And he goes on in verse number seven. And I, that same almighty God who introduced himself or reintroduced himself to Abraham in verse number one. And I, almighty God, will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. What I would like to share with you is the thought, even though it's directed to our men, but it's a principle that all of us should be able to latch on to, and it's called building a legacy that outlives you. Building a legacy that outlives you. We see here in the scripture how Abraham's relationship with God came to the forefront because God now could talk to him in a, such an intimate relationship. God, every now and then when you develop a relationship with him, he'll come and reintroduce himself because he wants to show you the qualities of him being this almighty God, this God of multi-purpose, multifaceted, all-knowing, all-comfort, all-strength. He wants to come and meet you right where you are in your situation. Abraham, you have to know his background. He left uh, his family. He left his comfort zone as a man. And the heritage that he was uh, on a trail with, uh, God himself was prophesying about Abraham's life long before certain things came to pass. You see, Abraham didn't have children at during stages in which God was talking to him. But God spoke life into this man and God said, I want to build a legacy through you as a godly man first. Let's get that first. Uh, amen. Uh, God wants to establish uh, a legacy uh, through a godly man. 
in this world in which we're living in now, uh, amen, it's a shame how uh, society wants uh, to dilute, uh, amen, the very fact that there are godly men in this society. Better yet, amen, uh, and even in a more global sense, uh, amen, uh, the world, uh, amen, and its vices, uh, amen, and the spirit of this world wants to dilute the very presence of the male species in our society. Brother, listen, uh, amen, I was, uh, I've been around long enough to see uh, a shift take place, uh, amen, uh, when our society, uh, where they want to uh, uh, dilute uh, the very fact, uh, amen, that the presence of a man, uh, amen, in our society should have a proper impact. What they're trying to do is make men look, uh, amen, uh, dispensable. Years ago, there was a show that came out. Amen. Uh, many of us may be familiar with uh, it was called the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Now, I'm a little nostalgic here, so you all bear with me, because uh, at the time when it came out, when I had an understanding, I totally didn't know what it was all about. That show came out during a time in which uh, it was trying to show a liberation of women, of women to show uh, a man so that they don't need a man in their life to be prosperous. And that's fine. The principle is there. I understand that. But the angle of it was to the point where I don't need a man at all. I can handle these things in this life and a a manless society might be all right. You might say you're saying that from a gender perspective and I'm telling you I'm not. I'm telling you from God's perspective. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Throughout the scripture you'll see when a legacy was being built, uh, God is not a sexist God. God made man and female in his image. But you find out when God first made man, the scripture says God made man in his image. And I'm not trying to grab hold of ownership as a man that God is only concerned about a man. I'm not dealing with that. So don't get that in your mind. I'm just dealing with the biblical principle that God has a place for man. That's right. Amen. Consider that before Eve came on the scene. There were things in which God had empowered that man, Adam, with. God empowered Adam with such a great anointing on his life that he was able to name the animals of the field. And sisters, get this, you'll appreciate it. God put fatherly to son principles in Adam before Eve came on the scene. Before God gave Eve, amen, amen, that woman, God gave Adam, Eve in his life. God put that man in the field mm-hmm. and put him to work. And gave him a job. Amen. Sister ladies, if I could say it like this, and some people are called baby girls. Uh, listen, if you out there trying to find a man and he doesn't have a, just a very basic principle of work in him, I would say for you, like the young people say, bye, Felicia. <laughs> baby, bye. I ain't got time for no man who uh, wants to live off of me. I ain't got time for a man who wants to be lazy, uh, lay up on me, uh, play his PlayStation 4 all day long while I go to work. I'm out there getting a car, getting my education, getting myself together. I come home, you sitting up playing your PlayStation 4. Now, 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 listen, some of this stuff ain't even in notes. I don't care. I'm gone now. Let me tell you something. You want to know? I don't use the term pet peeve per se. I don't. Well, you want to tell something that really gets me upset? 
sister girl driving her nice car. And, and young thug boy wants to sit in the passenger seat. They pull up to the gas station. Pretty girl gets out with her car and pays the gas. He's sitting in there texting and looking at his phone with his hat turned and he's sagging. I told, I told you, I told you I was going to hear, hit a certain sector where the females were like, yeah, preach it. Brother, listen, listen, listen. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. Uh, if you are uh, to value yourself, let me twist gears here. Bro. Let me touch on this real quick. Little lady, little sister, if you devalued yourself that much that you're willing to take a man who is irresponsible, has no drive, except in your pocket, his desire is just to get you in that bedroom. His desire is to take your money and devalue you, calling you out of your name, and you feel you still have to follow him. I got news for you. God got something better for you. And young man wants to run out here with Pookie and them. Riri. I got a word for you too. Our desire is to deal with building a legacy that outlives you. Abraham was a good example. God took this man and spoke with him in verse number one, chapter 17. Say, I am the almighty God. Walk before me, be thou perfect. God was making clear to Abraham his role. God did not talk to Sarah, his wife, at this time. He was talking directly to the man ahead. Right. Amen. I have to say this. Uh, my oldest son, Jamie. He asked me on the way in, he said, Dad, is there junior church today? I said, yeah, I think so, son. It's the third Sunday. He said, man, you see, Dad, I want to sit upstairs and listen to the message because I want to be a good father one day. My God. Praise God. When we're dealing with the thought of building a legacy, it's easy for us as men. We take pride in it, and I love to see it. We have a man-child, and we may decide to name him Junior. We may decide to name him Corey Adams Jr. or Ricky Dukes Jr., and we're putting a legacy in there, and that's great. I love seeing those names, but I'm here to let you know that just naming them themselves is more than that. Yeah, they can take on that name and wear it with pride, and they should, especially if it's been a godly or a good man living a life before them. They should take ownership of that, but it's deeper than that, and we as men need to build a legacy that outlives us, and it's all to benefit our children and our families, that they can grow, and that's what God did when he took Abraham. Verse number five, Sister Alice, verse number four, please repeat that for me. And... 
As for me, as for me, behold, my covenant my, is with thee, my covenant and is thou shalt be Abraham. a father of many nations. Yes, be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram. Yes, but thy name shall be Abraham. Be called Abraham. For a father of for many a nations father have I made of thee. many nations have I made thee, Abraham. You need to look at his background. God changed his name from Abram, which was meanings in Hebrew exalted father, and he changed his name Abraham, father of many or multitude. His whole context as a man changed. God infused in him principles in which his legacy, that which he instilled into his children, will outlast him. To the day that even now as we read the scripture, we refer to Abraham as a father of faith. How his life, his uh, amen anointing, his uh, amen calling outlived him to the point that generations to come we see now that we are blessed by Father Abraham. And God exalted him so that through the lineage of Jesus Christ and what Christ did for us, Abraham is still esteemed as a father of many nations. Abraham did not necessarily represent all peaches and cream or rosy Life. You see, Abraham, when he was known as Abram, we read in uh, chapter 16 all the way leading up to the various uh, stories of his covenant with God, Abraham was in a very dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. You see, Abraham was promised by God to have a son. Mm -hmm. Abraham leaned to his own understanding as Abram, and he took in uh, through his wife Sarah's guidance. That, that servant named Hagar. And when they came together and had a child, that child's name was Ishmael. God being the God of compassion still saw that that was Abraham's seed and respected that son as Abraham's seed. But he was not the son of promise. And see, the God we serve is a, such a forgiving God and God who still holds his covenant with us as men uh, that he wants to see greatness in us. That things that happened in our past, although we still may have to deal with them. Many of us have scars in our lives, uh, amen, that we still to this day have to deal with them, but we're not alone. We have Almighty God there leading us and guiding us, uh, giving us the strength to overcome weaknesses that we may have had in our past. See, many of us, if not all of us, have some type of Ishmael that we have to deal with even to this day. There are things we've done as men out there in sin, which was as shameful as shameful could be, that followed us and still follow us this day. But having God in your life there to provide strength and guidance are uh, giving you direction how to work through these Ishmael-like problems. Right. Amen. Having God in your life as a godly man, uh, he'll still take the uh, potential that you have as a man. Even if we messed up in the past, he'll take us in through his everlasting arms and turn us into great men. Uh, he'll turn us, amen, that's so to the point where our family, uh, our friends uh, may not even recognize uh, that I was a little re-re out there smoking the blunts, uh, selling my, my, my crack and doing my serving out on the streets. Uh, and God got a hold of my heart and changed me in such a way, yeah, I still have my Ishmael's. I still have to pay, amen, a, a certain a, a reaping for things that I did. But Almighty God puts those everlasting arms around us. 
and say, wait a minute, you're not going to be defined by that any longer. Let that be in your past. Own up to it. Be a man. Man up to it. But your life doesn't stop there. See, God is looking to build legacies in the lives of men. So to the point that they will outlive us. God's vision of this legacy through Abraham. Verse number six says, and I'll make thee exceeding fruitful, and I'll make nations out of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. You see, sometimes society looks on men, and sometimes they'll look down on them because of mistakes they may have had in their past. I may delve into a certain soapbox here. I realize we're living in a day and time of much institutional racism. Uh I realize that there's a system that is anti certain sectors of the male species. I realize that we're living in a day and time in which there's much turbulence in our land with much devaluing of a certain sector of men. If you bear with me just a moment here, because I love my people, I realize that there is a devaluing to the point where when you see the hashtag Black Lives Matter, often people sneer and snicker at that because they're weighing out the fact that there's a lot of killing amongst us. That we've given the impression that we, uh, amen, uh, devalue one another. But as we build a legacy through our, amen, our seed, those who God has blessed us to be fathers of, God, amen, can infuse us, uh, amen, with principles uh, that can build up a nation, that can build up a people, that can change the complexity of what we're facing right now to the point that the more men we get in, uh, amen, I'll use the term, uh, there's a manhunt going on uh, to see how many men we can get in Christ. That's the start. See how many fathers, uh, amen, we can get to teach principles in them uh, to show you that little Rico, little Johnny don't need to be out in the street running around. And to the fathers, let me tell you something. Shouldn't anyone, no man, no woman, besides uh, if you have a wife, uh, amen, no one should have a greater influence over your children than you. See, we're living in a day and time now where it's heralded that, uh, amen, you get the little rappers, little Wayne and, and young thug, and, and you got Beyonce talking about her lemonade and all this stuff. And our children are drawn to this. And shame on us if we allow that to let them grow versus putting principles in them about being responsible, about how to live a godly life, about how to be productive in society. We need to build a legacy where our children understand the value of education versus athletics itself. Now, I know athletics is a good ticket for our children a lot of times because they're talented, and I love seeing that. But when it's married with true, uh, amen, education, uh, they put themselves in a position that if they can never dribble that ball or dunk over that Sunday school teacher, uh, like some students did on me. The education can outlast that athletic ability. That's right. Amen. 
We're living in a day and time where Nikes and Reeboks and various uh, other things have taken uh, a, a value system and put it in our children's mind that because I have a, a certain uh, a dress stand or I have a, a dress a certain way or there's a line. Look, look at how when the, the new uh, uh, Jordans and various other things come out, how we in droves as a whole. Because we, especially we, have put that in our children as that means uh, that, that, that empowers them or that, that validates them. You see, materials should not validate our children. Now I know one of the definitions of legacy deals with from a financial end. And I'm letting you know that, yes, that is a part of a definition of building a legacy. Oftentimes it goes towards, a, amen, the thought of an inheritance. But inheritance is more than just, a, amen, materials. There are principles that should be driven in our children that go far beyond a pair of Nikes or the latest PlayStation or Xbox. And I'm not preaching against those things. I'm just letting you know that we as men, we need to come to the plate and step to the plate. We need, amen, to instill in our children principles what it's like to grow up one day and uh, be a responsible father and instill in them that there is a God that they can serve, that they can take hold of as their own savior. We see here how Abraham, God, made this covenant with him. God did it in such a way that he said it's going to expand and outlive you, that even kings shall come out of thee. Mm -hmm. And fathers, let me tell you, as the scripture says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. We can speak death or life into our children if we're not careful. We hope you have enjoyed gospel time today. If we can be of any help, please let us know by writing to the Church of God at 4601 South Drexel Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60653, or phone 773-548-7133. If you would like to visit with us, our order of service is as follows. Sunday morning Bible school at 9.15 a.m. Sunday morning worship service, 11 o'clock a.m. Sunday night worship service at 5 p.m. Tuesday night worship service, 7 p.m prayer service on Thursday at 12 noon and Friday night Bible class at 7 p.m. Remember at the same time next week you may hear gospel time over radio station AM 1160 hope for your life from 5 till 6 p.m. Please visit our website at churchofgodofchicago.com and like us on Facebook at Church of God of Chicago. As we bring this broadcast message to a close we would like to leave this scripture from the word of God with you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 13. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. The musician for this broadcast has been our pianist, Sister Naomi Horton. Your announcer and reader for today has been Sister Alice Allen. May God bless and keep you. As fathers, there are certain principles that we need to look at, what God is after for us, 
And with the time that I have, I want to kind of touch on some of these. Uh, amen. Uh, when God uh, brought us in uh, into the realm of manhood, God, uh, amen, uh, had uh, this plan for us uh, that there were certain principles that we need to have in us. One of the things is, first thing is God says that you are a protector. Husbands, you are a protector of that home. Some of you thinking, yeah, I got the physical strength to protect it. Right there, your vision is too dim. As a protector, God wants you not just to protect physically, but mentally, emotionally. You don't beat down on your wife while telling her she can't be distant and do that and vice versa. Let me tell you something that, again, here's another thing, Pastor, that often uh, we hear about, and it's almost like one-sided if we let it be. You all heard that term, happy wife, happy life, right? Oh, come on, that was kind of weak. You all heard that term, happy wife, happy life. And that's fine, that's good. We should keep our wives happy. It goes both ways, though. Let me tell you something, especially sisters who have a godly man in their lives. He ain't going out to that riverboat. He ain't going out with happy hour with Bill, Jim, and Tom. And then he come back and make your life unhappy after his happy hour. He's not coming in our house clamoring and causing confusion. Somebody, somebody once said, uh, a man, uh, a, a woman uh, may complain because his breath stinks at 6 a.m. And then when he come home from work, his feet stink at 6 p.m. That man with godly principles who's building a legacy, amen, uh, he's out there taking care of you and the family. He's giving you security as a protector, as a provider. Baby, bye. You talking about, you talking about some, some little frivolous things. Some, some, some women looking, looking to have a, a man, what I call the three sixes pastor. Six feet tall. A six pack. Six figure salary. Let me, I told you all, I asked you all earlier, women, put the men in their place. Uh, I'm touching on it now. Hey, hey, listen, listen. He may not be six feet. He might be five, three. Does he take care of you? He may not have the six pack. He may have like an eight pack. He may not have a six figure salary. But what he does have is a godly principle to take care of his family. Girl, listen. Listen, girl. Listen, ladies. Listen. You got a godly man in your life. Baby, you got a gym. See, see, see. Listen, this is something that's happened before. And different couples that I've talked to and, and have canceled down through the years. You know what I found? One of the most effective tools, the ladies. Listen, ladies. Something that you don't do often as you should. One of the first questions I may ask. And it may be on the level, Brother Jeff, my husband, this is that. Hold up, hold up. Do you pray for your husband? Praise God, amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Amen. Praise God. Do you pray for that man? 
listen, ladies, I, I'm into athletics, so let me treat this like a halftime coach session. Come on in the halftime session yeah. with me. Let, let me share a few secrets with you. Listen, sister, listen. Hey, hey, do you know that there are certain inherent pressures that that man faced that you are not designed to face? Do you know that God gave him no strong shoulders for a reason? Do you know that some men will not share, like Pastor Duke said, certain things that they face at pressures because they do not want to bring that into the home and cause disruption? And building a legacy, don't you know that when you come in, that man come in after the stresses of the day, and he's hit at the door. Johnny did this. The bill wasn't paid. We ain't got this. I ain't got that. The dog looks at you funny. The cat looks at you funny. The children are looking at you with their hands out. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Something that will help that godly man out, or that man in general. Is he taking care of you? Amen, brother, yes. Is he making an effort? Now listen, he may not be those three sixes, but maybe he's a diamond in the rough. Maybe he has potential, and God, God in his infant wisdom, allowed you to come into his life to help build him up. Amen. Not tear him down. Put him in his right place. Respect him, not disrespect him. Putting undue pressures on him. Certain societies, they start throwing shoes at this point. <laughs> I'm in the Bible, I know I am. Because God, when he has a hold of that man's heart to build a legacy through him, he'll have that man's heart to the point where he'll come to that Bible where it says, husbands, love your wives Amen. as Christ loved the church. We should have it so in us men to the point that we can live such a legacy before our families to the point we don't ever have to use the term submit. That's right. Amen. Hey, ladies, you all hear that? You all hear that? Listen, listen, I'm a strong believer that you can live in such a way you don't even have to use that term as a control factor. That's right. We should be secure enough as protectors and providers to the point where certain lingua, lingua, we don't have to throw that as an ace in the car per se on the table saying, I'm the man, submit to me. And that female species maybe say, submit to what? God has called us as men to be protectors, to be providers, because one of the definitions of God is Jehovah Jireh, meaning God provides. That's something in which God has instilled in a man to take care of his family. God has put in us not only just to be a protector, a provider, but we need to be one who can speak or proclaim greatness into their children. In the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter, there's a passage here that caught my eye that I had not considered before. 
And as we read here, fathers, you can be, uh, in a sense, one who heralds or prophets, uh, prophesies greatness in your child's life. Genesis, the 35th chapter, verse number 17, we're dealing here with a, 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 a passage of scripture where Jacob's uh, wife, uh, uh, Rachel, was bearing a child. And you pick up in uh, verse number 17 for us, uh, sister. 3517. 3517. And it came to pass. It came to pass. When she was in hard labor. When Rachel labor, was in hard labor. That the midwife said unto her. Midwife said unto her. Fear not. Fear not. Thou shalt have this son also. Thou shalt have this son also. Come on. And it came to pass as yes. her soul was in departing. Come on. For she died. So she died. Then she called his she name. She called this man, this, this man child, Benoni. Benoni. But on. his father called him Benjamin. The mother in her pain. As she was departing in this, it's such a sad story that the mother was lost. But what she was putting on that child, I'm so glad there was a godly man there to change the course of that child. Mm. That word Benoni means child of my sorrow. Mm -hmm. That could have been the definition of that child the rest of their life. My God. When you build a legacy as a godly man, you're willing to step in and sacrifice for your children at any cost. Bless the Lord. Jacob spoke greatness of this child and said his name is not going to be that. I'm not defining him as a child of sorrow. His name is Benjamin, meaning strength, a right hand, like a right hand man, someone who's reliable, someone he was speaking greatness into. And fathers, we need to recognize the strength and talents of our children, and we're willing to invest principles in them. We should not be allowing the world to define them. Many a nights when I'm helping my children with their homework. I'm looking at their different abilities. I'm speaking strength into them. I'm letting them know just because you don't think you can do it, you can do it. See, listen, I told you I love athletics, and one of my sons plays basketball, and I try to be there. As every game he is, I'm probably the loudest parent out there. Shoot the ball! Defense! Watch it! Steal the ball! Shot! Yay! But pastor, let me tell you something. The same zeal I have towards his athletics, I'm there for the PTA meetings. Bless the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let me tell you something. I know, I know. Thank you for being, bearing with me. God help me. I went to a meeting one time for one of my children with a room full of educators who were trying to define one of my children. This happened a couple of times. And I went, the expectation was for the mom to be there. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Listen, when I came into fatherhood, I embraced this thing. I take it for real. I don't, I don't have stereotypes Amen. to where that's my wife's duty. You take care of them at school, I just go to work. See, see, when you're building a legacy, you cut against the grain of certain things. Certain stereotypes you have to dispel. Right, right. 
And walking in this room full of educators who wanted to define one of my children in a certain realm, they presented me with data, and I began to go over with them and told them, there's no need to go this path. You see the stats yourself, the marked improvement he's made. He's no longer going to be in this particular program. Bless the Lord. They agreed. They agreed to the point where now I'm Mr. Buford. Now, they tell me, tell Miss Buford, we'll send the documents, a copy to her as well. Amen. I remember one time, I remember one time, went to school because one of the boys was being written up. And the pattern of it, I felt. The obligation to go and investigate. Mm -hmm. And I explained to that teacher some of the things in which was being a challenge in this child's life. I can't go into details right now. And by the time I got through talking to her, My God. this young, Caucasian, sprite, intelligent teacher was starting to break down and cry. My God. She asked me, Mr. Buford, can you please give me a hug? Because what you just told me enlightened me to the point now. That child just missed getting straight A's by maybe one or two grades. See, fathers, listen to me. There are principles God wants us to be in hold to that we can pass down to our children. Praise God. Amen. I dealt with a protector. I dealt with being a provider, provider just not financially, but provider of principles, mm -hmm. men of personal responsibility. And there's another part here, amen, uh, that we need to embrace, and that is the very spirit of priesthood. Bless the Lord. Job, the first chapter, and we'll let you go. There's certain things in which God wants us to be intercessors for our children. Mm -hmm. See, at one point, before we got saved, there were things we did that were against God. Mm -hmm. Let right, us not forget right. where we came from. Let us not forget that even me as a saint's child, there were things, that, even though I was taught godly principles, uh, there's a, there is a now devil who's trying to take our children and hold them captive. Oh my God. He's the one who's trying to get them strung out there on the blunts and all the various vices of sin out here. Amen, Pastor, alluded to that song, uh, and that was part of my notes uh, at one point, uh, talking about Papa was a rolling stone. And I know society uplifts a man who's out there sowing his seeds amongst the various women and coming across as player, player, and God forbid you come across uh, some of these lyrics of these rappers uh, which are, are trying to infuse uh, I mean, certain principles uh, uh, of ungodliness in our children. There was a time, godly men, we need to rise up and be the priest of our home is now. We read here in Job, the first chapter, amen, uh, I need you to uh, uh, start at verse number one real quick and we'll, there we'll truncate it. There was a man it. in the land of Oz yes. whose name was Job. Come on. And that man was perfect and upright 
And one that feared God and one that feared evil. God and shoot evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Yes, yeah, skip down. Uh, amen to verse number four. And his sons went and feasted in their houses. Job's sons went Every and feasted one his in their day. houses. Yes. And sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. Come on. And it was so. Yes. When the days of their feasting days of were their gone partying. about, that Job sent and Job sanctified sent them and, and rose up early them. in the morning. Job has such a burden. Job has such a burden of them all. as a father that he saw that he had to be like a priest as a covering. One as an intercessor for his children. He saw the lifestyle that they were living. He didn't disown them. He loved them as a father. But he knew his calling as a man of God. He had to use that effective tool of prayer to pray over his children. Because he knew that there was a present devil which is out there tempting them to get out there and be footloose and fancy free. And Job got up early in the morning. He offered burnt offerings according to the number of all his children. For Job said. For Job had this in his mind and said. It may be it may that be my sons have sinned my sons and cursed God in their hearts. Thus stuff. did Job continually. They're doing stuff. I'm not that naive. Fathers, let us not be that naive. That we think we can bury our heads in the sand. And not understand that there are vices out there trying to hog tie, that's an old southern phrase, our children to bind them, to put them in a position where maybe they get a felony on their record. Maybe through ignorance they get involved in things that they should not. And it may be for an everlasting legacy through that lineage. Job served as a priest for his family. And if you read carefully, you'll see that he had a gift for, to serve to God for each one of them. That's something that I do often with my family. When everyone else may be asleep, I go into their room. I lay hands on them. I have three boys and one beautiful little girl. I lay hands on them, and I pray for them. Amen. That God will protect them. God, you speak greatness into them. God, you see the pr principle? You see the principle of godliness we're instilling in them. Well, they may not serve you one day soon, dear God, but protect them, dear God. Yes, Lord. God, God, build a legacy through them. Make them children that they know that they have praying parents. Parents that are there to support them. Put us in the position, God, that we have the greatest influence over them. You've been a tremendous audience, and our thought today was building a legacy that outlives you. God bless you. Let us stand, please. Building or leaving, which one? Building. Building a legacy that outlives you.